Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Walker, and today we've got Dr. Sam Zand and Derek Duchesne, co-founders of Better You Ketamine Therapy on the podcast. Better You is helping to elevate the conversation around mental health. They've got a number of clinics open across the U.S., and they recently launched a retreat experience center in Puerto Rico. I've had the good fortune of connecting with a number of the folks in this company personally out in Miami and actually underwent a breathwork ceremony with them, guided by one of their facilitators. I'm a big fan of what they're doing, and I'll let them tell you all about it right now. As always, thanks for listening. It's a pleasure to host this podcast for you. Please consider rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you're listening. And without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Que pasa, Mufasa? What's up, everybody? Welcome, Derek Duchesne and Dr. Sam Zand of Better You. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. How are things today in your worlds? Hey, hey, hey. good. Thank you for having us. Dennis, m- much better now. Thank you. Thank you. you. You've got that that incredible energy, that incredible voice, and uh, you know, and, and that incredible smile. So thank you. Thank you for having us, my friend. Well, it's a pleasure to have both of you on the podcast at the same place and the same time. And as you both know, we had a chance to connect in person out in Miami a few months ago and even collaborate on a bit of lighthearted content together, which I had a lot of fun with. And as we all know, there's a huge emphasis on the medical and the therapeutic potential of psychedelics that's gaining more and more traction with the general population and in society at large every day. Of course, there was just the John Oliver segment that was wonderfully done. Everybody was watching. And this comes at a time when our current approaches to mental health and wellness are largely failing us as a society. And you both are at the vanguard of this sea change in how we approach mental health through your incredible work with Better You. So first things first, what is it about ketamine therapy that works and how is the Better You model of ketamine-assisted therapy positioned to affect real and lasting positive change in the lives of those who come to you for help? All right, let's get started. Sam, you want to you take this one? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Dennis. There's a, an issue in our industry. As a psychiatrist, it's almost shameful. Like I, I feel like I don't want to introduce myself as a psychiatrist to people because they're going to think I'm a bad person or something. <laughs> And it's just been that way in the industry that you go and you try to get help for your mental health. But it's not that the psychiatrists are bad or what we're doing is wrong. It's just outdated. It's just the same thing we've been doing for decades and decades. And so when ketamine therapy came around, it was a breath of fresh air for us providers to see a new modality that's actually helping people. And not to say that there aren't you know, other factors and other modalities out there to help people, but what we're seeing is such a greater potential here because the old model was, hey, take this pill and you know, that's it. Take it every day, see you in a month, tell me how it feels. But now it's actually more experiential. It's take this medicine and do something with it, right? It's the intention, the preparation, the relaxation, all of the, the manifestation that goes along with rewiring our neural pathways. So Derek can get into a little bit of how and why we at Better You help with that. But the ketamine, just to start with, you know, it's um, the derivative S-ketamine is indicated for treatment-resistant depression. That's what knocked down the door for us providers to be able to use this as a modality. And so then we kind of started to use the generic ketamine. It's been used for 50 years, but in mental health, not so much, maybe just about 10, 20 years, mostly in pain clinics. In the last few years, us psychiatrists feel like it's a free-for-all because we are finally able to bring something to our patients in a way that it doesn't matter what the diagnostic criteria is. It doesn't matter what your past psychiatrist labeled you with. This is a 
molecule that can help open your mind, make you more flexible, make you more uh, neuroplastic is what we call it, right? And all your listeners probably understand that very well. And so with that, we're hoping to veer away from the old archaic patterns of diagnosing someone as sick and giving them a medication as a treatment because they have a disease. That's not true. We just want to open their minds and help them self-explore and help them find balance in areas of their life that might need more attention. You have anything to add, Derek? Yeah, no, I think uh, Sam, you know, Sam, Sam said it, uh, you know, pretty well, uh, you know, ketamine for me, uh, personally, and I've tried, you know, all kinds of different types of psychedelics uh, in the past, but never in a structured therapeutic setting. And uh, ketamine for me, when I was at my, my worst, my absolute rock bottom, uh, and was struggling with a lot of suicidal ideation and, and, and deep depression. Uh, it took me one session from this really dark, unrecognizable version of myself to, to snap me out of it in, in, in one session and, and probably save my life. So it, for me, it was very personal, but that experience, you know, then it was $1,500 a session. It's in 2019. There was no treatment preparation. There was no post-session. Like after uh, being in a you know dark, dark hole for, for months and months and not feeling connection or love or, or, or joy. Um, and then being able to like start to feel those feelings again and feel connected to myself was incredibly powerful. And, and all I wanted to do was talk about it and unpack it with somebody. And, uh, you know, most of these, like Sam said, it was primarily like pain clinics and anesthesiology offices. They're like, all right, you know, what are you doing next week? And it was, uh, you know, just something, something they have, you know, on the door, uh, but didn't really have like that process going with it. And, and as you know, with psychedelics, it's like so much of the work is what, what you put into it um, with, with most things. So um, after that, you know, Sam and I, uh, you know, combined forces and he's been treating patients for years. And, and like he said, as a psychiatrist, um, became jaded by, by not seeing people, you know, having, having their breakthroughs or, or, or finding peace with, with different types of medications and then started to see that accelerated healing process with ketamine. So yeah, we're just trying to you know, make people, make people feel a little better. And, you know, along those lines, Derek, you're in Los Angeles and are very embedded in the film and the music industries. Not everyone knows, but Derek was actually a stuntman and a writer, director, performer, actor, all of the above. And of course, these industries attract brilliant, creative and artistic types who also oftentimes face personal demons in the form of substance abuse issues, depression, mental illness. And historically, there's been this stigma around mental health, right? Especially me as a former athlete. I remember like when I was in high school or in college playing baseball, if I told someone I was going to a therapist, it would be looked at as a sign of weakness. But of course, that's starting to change and people are starting to recognize, hey, we need to shift this narrative away from the idea that seeking mental health treatments is in some ways some type of weakness. So I'm curious, and those communities that are very influential that you're a part of, how is Better You helping to restructure this narrative and to reshape the conversation around people actively and proactively seeking mental health treatments for themselves? Yeah, I want, I want Sam to start with this one, uh, coming from the, the, the medical professional and then starting with like the, the, you know, the, the, the athletes and high performers that he works with. Um, Certainly. So you're spot on, you know, mental, seeking mental health support isn't cool. It hasn't been something in the past decades where it's like, oh, you're going to a therapist. That's so good. Like, it's, there's a stigma. Oh, is there something wrong? I'm sorry. Why does that have to happen to you? But now what we're seeing is it's actually helping people get the edge. 
It's helping with peak performance. Professional athletes, like you said, are leading the way. I work a lot with um, high achievers, executives, professional athletes, you know, all the way down to the regular, everyday, hardworking citizen, to the homeless patient, everybody. And while some populations are just kind of wheeled into a mental health facility and, you know, supposed as sick, like, hey, this is for you. Now, all of a sudden, the athletes, the CEOs, they're coming to the front of the line and saying, no, no, there's not something wrong with me. I just need to unlock my best potential. And that's the change that we're seeing. And, and that's something I'm so excited about. It is cool now to work on your mental health. Psychedelic therapy kind of made it sexy, kind of made it, um, you know, part of in vogue, like trend to just work on yourself. And I also think that COVID did a big, played a big role in that as well. We we're all sitting there for two years watching Exotic Joe and doing nothing, you know, on our couches. But to sit there and self-explore and to identify our strengths and weaknesses, lean into those strengths, build them up, and work on our weaknesses. I think that's all we're talking about here in the paradigm shift in mental health is we all have weaknesses, we all have strengths. Let's learn to love ourselves for those weaknesses, but improve them, delegate them, eliminate them, whatever it takes. And let psychedelics, in this example, be the flashlight to help us see what it is that we want to work on. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Sam. Uh, you're spot on as, as always. Uh, the, when Sam and I first connected, um, I also got to connect with one of Sam's close friends and patients, Drew Robinson. And Drew is a professional uh, baseball player and now is a, is a, is a massive, um, you know, is, is helping other people find, find healing and, and a spokesperson for mental health. Uh, he attempted to take his own life, um, shot himself in the head, survived, uh, came back to baseball. Um, and, and yeah, he's, he's, he's got a really powerful story and uh, won an Emmy for uh, E60 documentary, ESPN documentary on him. And when, when I first connected with, with him and, and with Sam and, and really started to like, you know, I felt when I was going through my darkest moments, like you just feel so alone and so disconnected. And it's not like I prior to that experience. So that, that like six to eight months of like this, you know, of this hole I was in, um, I never really experienced, you know, those, those feelings of, of hopelessness, um, you know, in bad days, like everybody, but never really experienced suicidal thoughts and, and wanted to end it. And I think, it can happen to anybody and when it comes on, it comes on quick and you feel like there's nobody that understands you or nobody's going through what you're going through or nobody feels you can't connect to anyone. And the more that I started to talk about my journey, the more I feel like I started to attract just, you know, other like normal, incredible, beautiful, like, you know, people that, you know, we're just going through this human experience, right? And and sometimes like we'll hit a wall and it'll feel like nothing's ever gonna get better. and there's nothing wrong with that, right? And there's not, there's not something wrong with you, right? But our brains can trick us and, and our brains can keep us digging in these, these dark, dark holes. So I think on, on my side, when I started to share my story, um, I really started to connect with a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of friends um, that I worked with before in the entertainment industry and, and, and people that were well-known, you know, musicians and, and, and artists and, and started to see and learn more about their struggles and their journeys and, and, and like finding that connection and that common bond. Right. So it's, it's, it's like, I think on our side and, and, and the world is really the stigma around having a conversation about mental health, like, you know, the, with the amount of, especially since COVID, the amount of suicide, the amount of, 
you know, alcoholism, the, you know, domestic violence, like all these things, you know, really, really spiking and, and, and relationships ending. And, uh, you know, I think during this time, like there was a, a pretty big transition in like the, the coastal cities, especially, right. Where it used to be when people socialize, they go to some bar or, or, or club and there's a lot of alcohol involved and, and, you know, and, and other things and, or, and then it, it, it kind of shifted to like a, a more thoughtful connection or more thoughtful um, social gatherings and more thoughtful kind of relation, uh, like yeah, just social events where people want, like we're fiending for that connection, not just go into a bar where you can't hear anything and everybody's loud and it's, you know, and it's everything, you, you can't connect and you're, you're drinking, which is also lowering your vibration, right? So it's, I think that the, the social scene really changed. And once that changed, a lot of people started to, to become more interested in, and, and, and really focusing on, on their own kind of self-love as opposed to, you know, in the entertainment industry, a lot of it's looking for that external validation. And, and um, you know, we can go internal and take that deep dive. Um, that's, I think, where the, the real healing, healing starts. Sure. Now, Dr. Sam, as a bona fide member of the medical establishment, do you still encounter skepticism within the medical and scientific communities regarding the value and efficacy of psychedelic medicines like ketamine? Or, or is there a critical mass of people in your profession who recognize the data, the research, and the benefits? So where is it from the inside right now? You'd like to think that everybody's well-educated, but there was a Harvard study that doctors' uh, knowledge, shelf life, medical shelf life, is about two years. So like whatever you learned two years ago, throw it away and relearn it. And we're not practicing that way functionally in society as doctors. You know, we have to do our continuing medical education, but what we learned in residency, I didn't learn anything about psychedelic medicine or ketamine, and it's primarily all I'm using now. And so I, as I'm teaching these things, which is pretty cool, we're teaching psychedelic therapy at UNLV and some other residency programs, I think more and more doctors are going to come out of their training with a little bit more of this background. But I can tell a quick story. I had a friend of mine who's a doctor, uh, inter internist, and he comes to me and he says, you know what, my sister's a psychiatrist, but she's licensed in another state, and I've been struggling, and she, she asked me if I can uh, have a friend write me Abilify. And for those who don't know, Abilify is a mood stabilizer, where at small doses, it's used for depression. Uh, at high do higher doses, it's used for bipolar, and at max doses, it's used for schizophrenia. So you have one drug kind of tackling you know, uh, half a dozen diagnoses. I look at him and I'm just like, hey man, like, let's talk a little bit. Before I write you this Abilify, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what's going on. I actually asked him, have you heard about ketamine therapy? I think it might be a better alternative for you. And he was just like, no, ketamine? No, 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 not me. I'm like, okay, we did a little bit of talk therapy and I wrote him his medication. A week later, he came back to me and said, I did a lot of the readings. I actually want to learn more about this ketamine. Can we try that? Mind you, his sister is a psychiatrist and he's not talking to her about this at all. We do the treatment. A week later, I asked him how it went, and he said, that treatment changed my life. And the skepticism, even as a doctor, you know, it took a while for him to get through that, feel it, go through it, and realize, wow, this is really a powerful, transformative med. First question I had for him, did you tell your sister, right, who's a psychiatrist? And he was like, no way. <laughs> so there's still some kind of a stigma there, even in the not only medical field, but amongst psychiatrists. If I talk to my colleagues, most of them still look at me sideways when I talk about ketamine therapy. And, you know, Spravato is FDA approved. It's been FDA approved for four years. So if you want to play by those rules, like 
you should be well educated to know that esketamine is is something we should be using. But unfortunately, it's just not happening that often. And I think that's why patients struggle to find a provider when they go and see their doctor and they say, hey, can I try ketamine? I've heard that it has great results. Most of their doctors are looking at them like they're drug seeking. And that's really unfortunate. And I hope that through channels like this, we can educate people, let them know that this is research backed. You know, this is evidence based. And it really, really outshines a lot of other modalities that we tend to think are better first-line treatments. I do hope that in the next few years, we start to shift that first-line treatment option and, and bring psychedelics to the forefront. Yeah, we've had employee benefits companies that have approached us and said, hey, we've spent you know tens of thousands of dollars on our on, on employees and and going through you know multiple other types of treatments and, and medications and, and, and other modalities and ketamine was kind of a last you know last uh, initiative to our last you know uh, what's what's the thing that people, was it the, the, the last thing that they would try and now when they started to see after that that they would now we're saving a lot of money from not having to you know, go through through all these other treatments. Now they're flipping the approach when people come to them and employees come to them for depression or anxiety. Now they want to try ketamine first, and and they're doing that and they're having um, really incredible and really powerful results. So it's it's seeing you know that the that the the people like the, the results are speaking for themselves, right? It's not just anecdotal. It's helped helped a couple people. Like we're on the front lines every single day and, and, and dealing with people with, that are going through, going through really dark, really dark things and, and seeing how quickly, I mean, it was very different when we started this company, but seeing how quickly uh, people are, are uh, coming to, to understanding that like maybe, you know, that daily medication isn't the, the best thing for me and something that it's going to take me a couple, you know, six weeks to a couple months to see if this is going to work with a bunch of side effects. And maybe try something once a week with a really structured program, right? Like a lot of um, patients are, are used to their, their doctor telling them, like, take this pill, you'll get better. And, and it's just not how, how, how these things work. It's, you know, we gotta, we got to put in, the, put in the, the work. So having that structured guidance and like that holistic approach and looking at your nutrition, your sunshine, your movement, your exercise, like all those things, along with, you know, sometimes medication or can, can attribute to, to change and, and positive healthier habits. You know, I got to commend you on the corporate culture, just from the limited frame of reference. I have the people involved with better. You are awesome. I went to a breathwork session that was guided by Brian, right? Who's I believe the, the resident breath worker with better you. I've seen that you've been working with an NFL wide receiver who was rapping at one of your holiday parties and you know, I've, I've probably had the CEOs of four ketamine clinics on the podcast by this point. And without naming names or playing favorites, I really like what Better You is up to. Just kind of the ecosystem seems very in touch. You guys seem very in touch, very relevant. You've got your finger on the pulse and there's something really exciting about that. Can you describe a little bit about the ecosystem of the different people that you're working with? And like, what are some of the different roles? Obviously, we've got Derek, the CEO. We've got Dr. Sam Zand here, the resident medical professional and all kinds of other people are involved with better you. So what does that ecosystem look like from the inside? Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you for the kind words. Dennis. I mean, it really is intentional. When we talk about our culture, we've set the precedent. We always put our patients first and we put our team second and then we put the business last. A lot of other companies I think are much more financially driven and we're really trying to help people. And I think a lot of people talk about top down approach. Ours is kind of like a bottom up approach. 
Our patients have often become employees. Our patients have become advocates. Our patients have become investors. You know, like there's a level of uh, the playing field kind of being the same. There's no superior superiority going on in our company. And if anyone wants to contribute, we have a, for example, a Friday weekly call with the entire team, being that it is a virtual world. We start with meditation and relaxation techniques every Friday to help people decompress from their work week. Then we get into some troubleshooting and some education. What are some difficult cases that we've seen? And it's so intentional to be able to take care of ourselves first in order to take care of others. And I think you just see the organic following of people saying, like, I want to get involved. You know, you alluded to Darren Waller, NFL tight end, who has a miraculous story about his own recovery and his sobriety. And the first question that came up was like, is, is psychedelic medicine going to break my sobriety, right? And there's all of these changes in the recovery world that are happening now in this realm. Well, fast forward, all of a sudden we realize that being sober actually makes the psychedelic experience so much more profound. And when you're in sobriety, it actually reinforces and, and strengthens your resolve in many ways, if that's your intention. And so now we're looking at creating music around these sessions and bringing in these artists. You talked about rapping. Um, you know, he's a talented musical producer, and now we're working together on meditations and breathwork exercises that can tie into a playlist, right? So it's a community approach. And when Derek and I set out to start this company a couple years ago, we said from day one, we want this to be collaborative and not competitive. In order for the standard of care and mental health to change, we can't fight each other and all try to be number one in this industry. We have to do this together, learn from each other, help each other. And so I think that's what you're seeing. And, and it was very intentional from day one. So I really appreciate the acknowledgement. Yeah, th thank you, Dennis. Uh, and that's you know, very, you know, you're, you're very well immersed in, into the, the psychedelics world. So I, I really appreciate you and, and, and the time that we've got to spend together and all the, all the work that you're doing. Uh, as far as our team and our culture, like we're just, you know, there's a lot of different companies are approaching this in different ways, right? And I think the reality of it is that everybody is going through something at some point in their life. And and when you, like, to find that, it's hard enough to go out, and, you know, to find help and look for help. And then when you do, finding somebody that's going to connect with you and not judge you and, and, and you can find that, that you know, um, common ground, whether it's, you know, in the veterans community, whether it's in the, um, you know, professional athletes community, whether it's in, uh, you know, stay-at-home moms community, whether it's in the transgender or LGBTQ communities, right? And they're finding people that have, have been through a similar uh, journey than you or, or similar struggles and, and, and that you can connect to, on, you know, whether it's your doctor, your, your, your therapist, your integration coach, your psychedelic guide. And so we've really found you know an incredible group of healers and, and like sam said you know patients of ours that have just yeah it's been really powerful and we're really proud of their transformation they're like i really want to get involved and help other people like me because i felt like you know i, I finally reached out for help and it was going to be months to get in for x y and z or i felt like i was judged or i felt like i was leading the conversation because they didn't really know how to connect with all the crazy shit that i've been through and so you know we're like you know i think you can really you know, you can really do a lot here, helping helping other people like you. And uh, so I think that's really what's been like at our core. And like Sam said, you know, this is just how, how like we've, we've built this and, and, and our Friday reflections with, you know, with the team. And sometimes we'll bring other people not on the team. I'd love Dennis you know, if you to come, come join us for a Friday. Uh, but it's, it's really taking that stance of like, you know, practicing what, what we preach and, and taking that time to, to 
for ourselves to fill up our own cups and then we can bring that love and light back into the world. Awesome. I'll definitely join you any Friday. You just let me know and I'm there. So one of the perspectives that I've heard from the psychedelic community and beyond is while there's so much wonderful potential therapeutically and medically with ketamine, there's also the possibility or the risk of it being abused. And of course, you know, there's a, the perspective I heard specifically was with like telehealth and mail order ketamine and things like that. And you talked about like the structure, right? Being able to screen participants, uh, meet with them, do therapy, kind of have a container, not just give them the pill and do pharma 2.0. But I'm curious if you could describe what are some of the, the protocols in place to mitigate any risk of it, you know, being a potentially problematic experience for people to ensure that they're going to get really quality really profound treatment and, you know, to, to the top degree possible. Yeah. We want to meet everybody where they are. And so if you're brand new to this modality, there's going to be a lot of handholding because I would probably want the same for myself, right? I, that idea of having a psychedelic experience sometimes is so much more exaggerated in our mind when we don't understand it. So it starts with just a little bit of coaching and education from our care team. Anybody who wants can have a free consultation with one of our care concierges. And it's not a medical visit, but just an educational visit. So that's there for them to gain their kind of trust and comfort before they dive in. Then they have a medical visit with the practitioner, whether it's a psychiatrist, a psych NP, PA, we have a lot of just primary doctors who are now in this field. And we'll go over a medical review. We'll make sure that we're ruling out any contraindications. If you have acute cardiovascular risks, if you're pregnant planning or breastfeeding, if you have uncontrolled seizures, liver damage, these are the main things that we screen for. Um, and beyond that, then we get into the psychiatric history and, and understanding of what is contributing to who you are and how you're showing up, whether it's biologically, psychologically, environmentally. And then we start to dip our waters into the spiritual side of things as well. Um, and so that, that part of it, I think, is unique because medicine, Western medicine, hasn't really integrated spirituality. When you talk to any psychologist or psychiatrist, the model we use or we're supposed to use is called the biopsychosocial spiritual model. And that part of life that's unexplored, unaddressed, unanswerable, why are we here? What's the point? What happens when we pass? What's the meaning and purpose we assign to our life? Very intentionally, we bring that into the medical care as well. Not to preach anything, but to let everyone have their own private, intimate exploration of these unknown factors. So we go through all of that, not only to mitigate risk, as you were addressing, but also to maximize and optimize the benefit. And I think by doing that, after meeting with the care concierge, meeting with your psychiatric professional, then you get your brain box, your blood pressure monitor, your meditation mask, and you have a coach, an integration guide who works with you. Prior to your first session, if you've never done this before, they'll help prepare you for it. After your first session, you can check back in with them. If you've already been doing ketamine therapy for months or years, then we'll meet you where you are as well. Maybe you don't need as much guidance. Maybe you've kind of figured it out. So there's handholding for those who need it, but the goal for everybody is to become our own therapist, to find ways to help ourselves and not have to rely on a medical professional long-term, but we're always here for you if you need the help. So that's kind of how we address the risks and really just trying to improve the medical care around it. And yeah, double on what Sam said, it's we, we have a lot of patients that uh, a lot of people that come to us that are going through a really tough time and, you know, they're just not right for this type of treatment. And, and, and it hurts to say, hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't probably the best option for you. And, and, and we're not, you know, our, our, our initial team that's, that screens during the consultations, they probably screen out about 15% of people 
Um, and then we probably do another 10% after that of, of, you know, where we have to refund them or really uh, lean them towards coming into, into one of our centers. So right now, if you're in Puerto Rico, LA, Miami, and soon to be you know, New York, Las Vegas, um, Utah, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, Vegas, um, Boise and Salt Lake. Uh, and if, if anybody's in, you know, within those regions, then we do recommend um, if it's a higher risk case to come, come do treatment in office. Um, and like Sam said, it's like our protocol is, is very unique and very different. It's like we start people at a very low dose and then kind of work our way up from there. And we also, um, the, I think the frequency and dosage is, is everything. Um, there's some really great people in the space that are doing amazing things. And there's also some people out there that are prescribing daily ketamine or oh, people that are prescribing, you know, thousand plus milligrams per session. And I think that's reckless and, and, uh, you know, and ketamine when done properly can be transformational and, and, and ketamine therapy can, can change your life when abused can ruin your life. Right. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not all rainbows and, and butterflies, but when done, you know, properly with the right medical guidance and, and, and the right structure and the right frequency, uh, it's, it's amazing, but we're not also here sugarcoating like ketamine's this, you know, amazing, you know, thing, take it every day. It's like, like cannabis, you know, cannabis can ruin your life you smoke it every day. Right. It's not in a lot of, a lot of friends that do. Um, but there's real risks, you know, with, with ketamine therapy and, and abusing ketamine therapy and what it can do to your, your, your bladder, your, um, yeah, and a multitude of other things. So just uh, understanding that um, this has to be done properly. And, and that's why we do that in office. We have a companion app. Uh, we have touch points, you know, throughout, throughout the entire journey. And um, yeah, and this is, this is also just the beginning, right? Ketamine's one modality, like breath work, meditation, yoga, um, you know, other medications, like, you know, there's, it's, we're just trying to find the right modality to help people heal and, and psychedelic therapy isn't, isn't right for everybody. Sure. Well, I've got a confession to make. I actually sleep with my better you eye mask on and it is incredible. So I kind of feel like I owe you gentlemen something cause it was in the swag bag you gave me in Miami. And once you start sleeping with a really quality eye mask, it's hard to disengage from that. I'm sure you both can relate. So just right there, even if you just get to the point and the better you therapy where they give you the eye mask, that's a big W I would say from my own experience. So thank you very much for that. And this is really the last question I have for both of you, which is what's coming next for better you. You've got this incredible ecosystem. You just mentioned a number of the markets you're operating in. And of course, you know, psychedelic therapy is really in its infancy right now. And there's just incredible leaps and strides being made every day on a policy level, on a sort of on a industry level. And what's coming next for better you to position yourself for this high and mighty wave of psychedelic therapy and psychedelic medicines that's sweeping the world right now. Well, we're excited to announce Matthew McConaughey as our CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're just continuing to, to find new ways to help people. And, and like on, on my side, on, on, on more of the, you know, the, the business side of it, it's like, it's just incredible seeing everybody that just kind of come out of the woodwork. It's like, I want to, I want to help and I want to contribute. Um, we've taken like, a, this is very personal and very special to, to us. And, and so we've taken no outside funds or outside investors and built this thing in a way that we really think is, is the best care and, and, and the best path forward. So now that we're expanding into more markets and, and, and these flagship you know, brick and mortar uh, experiential centers, it's going to be bringing on some uh, really incredible, really excited to announce um, yeah, some, of the, some of the partnerships that we're bringing on. And yeah, I think that's, that's on my side. And, and McConaughey, if you're listening, I'm ready to retire. So, so. 
The, the big uh, impact I think that's going to happen in the next few months that people should be aware of is before in the last two years, you can see your medical doctor online and get controlled substances prescribed to you. That was never the case prior to COVID. That was an exception that most of your listeners probably understand. In May, that comes to an end. So to get ahead of that, and we have been getting ahead of that, we're, we're opening our, our centers up uh, where we have closed them during COVID. They're now opening up slowly. And in addition to just coming in and having an in-person treatment, which isn't out of the ordinary, we're adding a lot of spa-like treatments to this kind of package where you come in, you do your cryotherapy, you do your hyperbaric oxygen treatment, you do your sensory deprivation to really prime the whole body and get yourself ready to blast off into a beautiful experience. I think that uniquely will be really, really exciting for people to be able to engage with. Um, all of the other on-site modalities, the, the breathwork groups, the yoga, the integrative things that, you know, to, to improve your mental and emotional health, it's not just doing therapy and taking pills. It's every single part of your life that compounds. It's those atomic habits. So we want to bring more coaching in, and that's going to be available in the brick and mortar. Then in the, in the app, we're going to launch a lot of different resources, a lot of different um, classes, modules, workshops that you can do from the comfort of your own home. So we're really trying to bridge both of those extremes to allow the care to come to you. And if you do want to come to the office or you're required to, to actually make that experience worthwhile. Right on. Well, thank you gentlemen very much for joining me on the podcast. We've got Derek Duchesne, CEO of Better You and Dr. Sam Zand of Better You. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you gentlemen very much. I'm very inspired by what you're doing and I look forward to joining you at one of the Friday meetings on an upcoming session. Yeah, please, please. You know, this, this Friday, Dennis, I'd love to have you. And uh, congratulations. You know, I've seen, seen your, your, your growth and uh, your infiltration of, of, of uh, the industry. And, and, and you have really, um, you really kind of hit the, hit it on all sides, right? You have a very thoughtful and, and, and incredible kind of journalism and, and interviews that you do. And then on the other side, uh, the, the satire and, and the comedy is genius behind it. So appreciate Appreciate your work and I'm really grateful to be a part of your journey, my friends. Yeah, I second that. We all in the industry really thank you for the work you're doing. I know in a few months, like, we're not even going to be able to get a phone call with you. So just remember the little guys. Uh, but it really does make, makes a huge difference when you bring education to people in a funny way, in a lighthearted way. And so we appreciate your efforts in that. Thanks, guys. It's been great. Thanks.